The following program is sponsored by the Jelinski Advisory Group, which is solely responsible for its content. Josh Jelinski is the president of Wealth Quarterback, LLC, a registered investment advisory firm located in New Jersey. Registration is not an endorsement of the firm or its representatives by securities regulators, nor is it an indication that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. Investment advisory services may only be provided to clients in jurisdictions in which the firm and its representatives are appropriately registered or exempt from registration. You should not assume that any discussion or information contained in this broadcast serves as the receipt of or as a substitute for personalized investment advice from the advisor. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, or product, or any non-investment related content made reference to directly or indirectly in this broadcast will be profitable. Equal any corresponding indicated historical performance level or levels be suitable for your portfolio or individual situation or prove successful. Past performance is not indicative of future result. Investment advisory services offered through Wealth Quarterback LLC. Tired of losing money in the stock market roller coaster? Frustrated with the government taxing you into oblivion? Worried about inflation? How do you prepare for so many financial uncertainties? Welcome to the show that will help you develop your game plan. The Financial Quarterback with Josh Jelinski. Josh is a noted financial advisor and president of the Jelinski Advisory Group. And he's here to answer your questions. Call into the show at 800-321-0710. Now let's kick off your financial future. Here's Josh Jelinski. Hi, everybody. This is Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback. And on today's episode of the financial quarterback, navigating retirement planning is filled with potential pitfalls due to prevalent misconceptions. Many overestimate the coverage of Social Security and the extent of Medicare's healthcare solutions. There's also a belief that working longer is a surefire way to bolster savings and that post retirement expenses will significantly decrease. Two of the biggest myths when it comes to financial planning are you can always work a little bit longer. You know, you can be that Walmart greeter. And then the other myth, well, what if Walmart doesn't want to hire you? What if you're too big of a loser for Walmart? What if your arm doesn't work so you can't give them the sticker with the smiley face? Or what if Even Walmart doesn't want you. No disrespect to Walmart workers. But the point I'm trying to say is there's these two misconceptions or myth conceptions that you can just work longer. Well, well, you can't if no one will hire you. You can't if you're too overqualified and can't get a job in your field. You can't if you're disabled. So that is a big myth that undergirds much of retirement planning today. Number one myth, just work a little longer. Number two myth, is post-retirement expenses will significantly decrease, except unless they don't. I always think of this. There's been numerous studies that say, you know, plan on living on 60 to 70% of your pre-retired pay. I don't know about you, I want to live on 100%. The, The day I spend the most, Josh Fisher, our illustrious new producer, or whatever you call yourself. Um, if you have, what's the day of the week you spend the most money on? Saturdays. Why? Because it's date night and. <laughs> yeah, you're off. <laughs> not busy. That's yeah, the point. Exactly. 
So I've always found that the myth of your post-retirement expenses will decrease is wrong because you tend to spend more when you're not working. You know, I can go and I can miss like two meals when I'm working because I'm just so engrossed in what I'm doing. I'm an animal. But if I'm off, I'm like, hmm, I'm hungry. What are we going to do today? We're going to eat breakfast, lunch, dinner. So I would argue that most people who are relying on the idea that they will spend less in retirement actually spend more in retirement. So I think that's why most like financial advisors, most financial planning wisdom is actually groupthink idiocy. Additionally, misconceptions about investing abound can lead to overly cautious approaches. Maybe you're too risk averse. Addressing these six common myths is crucial for a well-informed retirement journey. Myth number one, Social Security's comprehensive role. The assumption that many have, according to Kiplinger's article that I used for the segment today, is Social Security will be the primary source covering most retirement expenses. The reality is Social Security is designed to replace only a fraction of one's pre-retirement income, not serve as the primary income source. There's the old adage of the three-legged stool. Do any of you know what the three-legged stool is, Josh? No. You never heard of this? I thought this was like common knowledge. The three-legged stool of retirement planning. So you have a stool, right, where your butt sits. And then imagine there are three legs. The first leg is your workplace retirement savings plan, your 401k. The other leg is Social Security. And then the other leg would be a pension. Now, most people don't have a pension anymore. So you really only have two legs of the retirement's stool, your savings and the government's help. The third leg of the stool, a pension, unless you work for me, uh, where we, we actually have a pension at my company, uh, you know, some, some companies have pensions, but very few companies have pensions. So you have a three-legged stool for retirement. That being said, a lot of people, they, they, uh, they don't know the three-legged stool analogy. Jim, you work for retirement planning outfit. You've never heard me talk about the three-legged stool? Are you paying attention? <laughs> Jim gets an F. Uh, protect, saving, growth. Very good, Jim. He remembers protection, savings, and growth. You remember that, Josh, right? Protection, savings, yeah. and growth. PSG. So the th- PSG. Everybody remembers PSG. Nobody remembers the three-legged stool. I made a uh, anagram for it. You know why? I don't really think people think in the three-legged stool anymore. So social security is only one third of the stool at best. And for many of you, it's like 20%. Myth number two, Medicare will take care of all your health care during retirement. (laughs) That's a joke. So myth number two, all encompassing Medicare. The reality is Medicare has limitations and doesn't cover every healthcare related expense. Do you know Medicare does not cover in-home care? If you have Alzheimer's, dementia, I mean, it covers a certain amount of things, but there's certain things it doesn't cover. So you have to spend all your assets and then go on Medicaid. 
Retirees often face additional out-of-pocket costs related to their health, and healthcare inflation is like 12% of your overall nut. Myth number three, guaranteed extended work years. One can choose to work longer and retire later to save more. I believe that's a company perk of working for me, right, Jim? I will have you work till you're 85 if you want to work till you're 85, right, Jim? (laughs) No, but, but I enjoy a more mature, um, well, we have youngins too. We we have Alex. We have, we have the young and the old here, the middle-aged, the infirm. So (laughs) I love people of all ages, but that's apparently a group benefit here at Jelinski Advisory Group Wealth Quarterback. We, we allow our people to work longer if they want to. And I love them. I actually don't want them to retire. All the people in their 50s and 60s, they're really great. They can stay here forever. But one could choose to work longer for working for me and retire later to save more. But that is not the case at most jobs. Life's unpredictability, health issues, or job market changes can lead to earlier than planned retirement. Myth number four, underestimating lifespan. The assumption is savings only need to last for a specific, often underestimated lifespan. The reality is many retirees are living longer than they ever anticipated, risking the chance of outliving your retirement nest egg. So there are two major risks when you retire. I would say there's more than at least three. One, you have too much life at the end of your money. The other, you don't have a high quality of life. You're disabled. I don't know what the third one was going to be, but basically people are outliving their nest eggs and they are underestimating their healthcare costs. Those are huge. Myth number five, drastically reduced retirement expenses. This is my whole Saturday analogy. The assumption is expenses will significantly decrease in retirement. The reality is that while costs may go down for some, others, especially healthcare, can increase, requiring a substantial portion of savings. One of the things I ask all of you to do, if you're listening to the sound of my voice and you've never taken me up on my retirement reality check, that is a 45-minute ultimate game plan for your money. I will do this free. We will take your budget, take your healthcare budget. We will give your normal budget a 3% inflation cost increase, but your healthcare, you want to run a 12% cost of living increase because healthcare costs, health insurance is going up rapidly. Healthcare inflation is dramatic. Now, what if Bernie Sanders becomes president or AOC and they give free health care for everyone, then you're going to need another health insurance plan for what the government won't cover. So you're always going to have to pay health insurance. Number Myth number six, ultra safe investing will save the day. Upon reaching retirement, one myth states that you should shift entirely to bonds. Reality, a diversified portfolio is essential to having growth and safety especially considering the impacts of inflation. Can't have all your things in bonds. By the way, in 2022, bond funds lost 
between 10 and 20% on average, according to Yahoo Finance. So bond funds are not the panacea. They're not the savior. Understanding the realities behind these myths is essential. By being informed, you can be better prepared for retirement and avoid the common pitfalls that might jeopardize your financial well-being. And again, call me at 888-988-JOSH and get your own retirement reality check. I'll throw in my book, Retirement Reality Check, an Amazon bestseller for free when you schedule and keep your no-obligation review. According to Kiplinger, are you raising grandkids? Well, I'm going to give you five financial considerations. When grandparents take on the role of raising their grandkids, it introduces a unique set of financial challenges and considerations. From legal aspects to retirement implications, there are five points to understand. Point number one, guardianship and legal rights. Establishing legal guardianship is paramount. This status allows grandparents to make essential decisions for the grandchild, from medical choices to school enrollments. Without this, you could face numerous challenges in ensuring the child's well-being. We've helped a lot of parents and grandparents of late who, due to the ravages of drug addiction or alcohol addiction, they have to take their adult child's child in as their own. And some of the complexities of child, children with special needs, children with alcohol addictions, drug addictions, if that you don't go it alone, we've helped many people set up trust. It was just with a dear friend and, and he said, you know, Josh, I'm worried about my one sibling, my one, my one, not my one sibling, my one son. Uh, I want to show him that I love him. I want to give him a quarter of my estate, four kids, give 25, 25, but I don't know how to do that right. I don't, I don't want that money that I leave to be an albatross where then he's showing some signs of recovery, but I don't want them, I don't want him to inherit a hundred thousand or 250 or 1 million and then piss it all away in drugs, booze, women, whatever vice that kid might have. That's why you want help with a professional financial advisor, you can call us at 888-988-JOSH for kids with special needs or grandkids reviews. But number one, you've got to establish legal guardianship. I've heard of kids where we had one client, they took in somebody and then the mother who was a drug addict then was challenging the parents. So you got to make sure if you're taking on your grandkids, legal guardianship is in, is in check. You want to make sure you're legally protected. Number two, you want to make sure you have financial assistance. Grandparents have access to several assistance programs. These range from federal initiatives like the Supplemental Security Income, SSI, and the Temporary Assistance for Needy Families to state and local resources. Leveraging these can significantly alleviate financial strains. There's also tax benefits you may be eligible for. By meeting specific criteria, grandparents can claim their grandkids as dependents, leading to substantial buckaroos in the form of tax breaks. This includes potential benefits from the earned income tax credit and the child tax credit. However, it's crucial to consult with tax professionals to maximize these advantages. Number four, retirement planning. The financial responsibility of raising a grandkid can impact your own retirement. Grandparents might not need to consider, uh, might need to consider working longer 
or revisiting retirement savings plans to accommodate this new responsibility. And then estate planning. With the added duty of caring for a grandchild, updating estate plans become essential. This involves revising wills, trusts, and ensuring beneficiary designations are current to secure your grandchild's future. Stepping in to raise a grandchild is a noble act, but it comes with intricate financial uncertainties. By understanding these five pivotal points and seeking professional guidance, grandparents can ensure they're making informed decisions for their grandchild's future and their own. I'm going to give you, according to Kiplinger, smart money moves you need to make right now. I hate the arrival of autumn. It means the death of spring, the death of summer. But some people love it. They say, happy fall, y'all. Happy Halloween. All these dumb things. I think people are just fooling themselves, thinking they like fall. I agree. I should embrace positivity. You know, it's like body positivity, seasonal positivity. But you know what? Summer is the greatest season. The wind's in your hair, the sun's in your face, your tan, your vitamin D's up. I get it. You're trying to be positive. I like apple picking and pumpkin picking and apple cider. I think pumpkin is kind of overrated. Uh, I do like cinnamon ice cream on the boardwalk. They do this. Uh, do you have cores by you, Josh? Is that a West Coast thing or only an East Coast thing? The beer? No, no. Coors, K-O-H-R-S. No. They have like a custard swirl on the boardwalk. No, that sounds delicious. It's like a creamsicle. So a higher fat content ice cream, but soft serve. So think of like, uh, you ever get the Rita's Gelati? It's like the Rita's Gelati custard. Yeah. It's similar. The Rita's Gelati, by the way, is very good. That 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 the custard that they use is it's maybe even a little better, but it's it's up there with that. So what they do is they swirl. They're they're like uh, their 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 big flavor is orange creamsicle. So it's custard and orange sherbet swirl, and then they have like a mint julep where it's like mints and chocolate in the fall. So this is one of the few fall seasonal things I actually like. They do a pumpkin and cinnamon swirl. And the cinnamon's really good with the pumpkin, but the pumpkin on its own is kind of like, bleh. I, I hate, stuff, yeah. I love cinnamon stuff, but I hate, I think people are, you know, over into pumpkin. Like if pumpkin was really that popular, it would be a year round. I think people like it for a time mm-hmm. and then they kind of get sick of it. Yep. It's sort of like the shamrock milkshake from back in McDonald's days. Yep. I've not had that milkshake in a long time. I used to, actually, that was, that was a good milkshake when i was a kid that was something i loved i would always get that but it's seasonal and personally i'd rather have like cherry pie or apple pie or pump or blueberry pie not pumpkin pie pumpkin pie is disgusting it's i'm not yeah. that into pumpkin flavors okay here's the thing if you have a choice jim between Nice, warm, home-baked, fresh apple pie with a scoop of Briar's Vanilla Ice Cream melting just so where it's hot 
and fresh or pumpkin. I would take the apple. <laughs> you would take the apple. That's my I point. I like pumpkin. I'm not saying you don't. Yeah, you made the pumpkin less appealing. <laughs> I'm not saying, you know, you don't like <laughs> pumpkin. I'm not saying you won't eat it, you know, but you really need the whipped cream. Yes. Yeah. You have to have the whipped and, cream. And in all honesty, you need, I mean, the, the, the store-bought pumpkin pie is like, bleh. Like, if you sometimes you can, get, you can get a really good pumpkin pie. That's homemade. But even then, if I choose between homemade apple, homemade pumpkin, I'm picking homemade apple every time. No, I would too. And I think everybody yep. would pick that. Yeah, I would too. I get it. You know, you want to get into the pilgrims. You want to get into the Mayflower. <laughs> you like. That's all we have. You know, it, it's, I think we as seasonal creatures, we're trying to make ourselves feel good about the death of summer. I like going to my kids' sports stuff. I mean, that that's a nice thing about fall. Soccer, baseball, fall ball. But here's the thing. With the arrival of autumn, a seasonal shift prompts us to move from the relaxed pace of summer to a more proactive stance when it comes to our finances. So happy fall, y'all. You better get your financial planning house in order. I do think that's true. Because from Labor Day to about when, Jim? New Year's Eve? People really wake up about their finances because you got year-end tax planning. You got tax planning if you're a business owner in September and October, and you don't want to put it off to the new year because then you got to do your taxes in April. So you have this next critical window, whether you do it with my firm or somebody else, get your financial house in order. That's a good thing about if things are getting colder the days are getting shorter. It's time to organize your financial life. If you want our help organizing, call us 888-988-JOSH. We'll give you our free PSNG organizer. Now, a seasonal shift is prompting us to take a more proactive stance on our finances. The autumnal financial checkup entails three essential moves you need to make to help establish a robust financial framework for a successful end-of-the-year financial strategy. How many people, Jim, do we get? We serve many of our listener friends financially. How many people call us the last week of the year? I want to do stuff. I missed my arm day. Yes. I did a this. Lot. A lot. Oh. So I would tell you people, do not put pressure on your financial advisor or accountants the last week of the year. That's how mistakes occur. If you call them now, get the review schedule, tweak your financial planning picture you'll be better off for it. Number one, reassess your budget. Regularly reviewing and adjusting your budget is paramount. Number two, you know, I just did this thing. You know, I love youth baseball, right? Do I really need to spend $895 so my kid plays baseball? My eight-year-old? I don't know. I, I'm reassessing that. So I'm picking a cheaper team next spring. I don't care if my eight-year-old, what? Discount team? If my, if, <laughs> if my kid uh, is going to miss Johnny, you know what? Well, you know, I, I got a, no lie. This week, I had a, a youth baseball program. Like, we're paying them all this money. They're yelling at me. I, I'm your customer, buddy. So you know what? They're done. No soup for you. So regular no review your budget. Number two, tracking expenses 
helps in efficient fund allocation. Think of it this way. One baseball team is 895. Another team is 166. You take that difference, you put it in your Roth IRA. You'll be a millionaire if you do that for 40 years in a row, religiously. Should I have kids or animals in that? What? Is it animals or kids in that discounted team? What do you mean discounted? No, the discounted team is just a frugal coach. He's, he's caring about the kids. He's not making a profit. Oh, my gosh. That's a big difference. Number three, identifying areas of overspending allows for necessary financial adjustments. It could be whatever you overspend. Maybe you're on Netflix. Do you really need to watch another miniseries about a killer or a fin- or what, what's that one show about the financial advisor who turned a criminal? Breaking uh, Bad. Breaking no. Bad. No, he was a he was a chemistry teacher turned oh, criminal. Close. <laughs> um, <laughs> what was the one? It was with Jason Bateman. What was that show? Oh, uh, uh, Ozark. Ozark. So, like, all of this filth that you're putting in your mind. Or like the righteous gemstones, you know, televangel. You know, there's a theme with all of these things, you know. Somebody becomes a criminal, and then Hollywood is trying to glorifying this criminal, and then you you know they're start. you know, none of these shows are about uplifting things. The Jeffrey Dahmer show. Yeah, I, I couldn't even watch it. I didn't even me neither. I, I didn't even want to see it. It was just like I draw the line at Fargo or what what What's it? Ozarks. Yeah. And uh, Breaking Bad. Like, Breaking Bad, although it was entertaining, do you really need to watch about some drug deal? Like, it's like, what what good is that going to help your financial life? Like, it's not. You're going to be depressed, and then you're going to get fat because you're watching too much TV. You know, so you just, like, you could listen to morally uplifting things financially empowering podcasts like ours, or you could watch Breaking Bad and Escape. So here's the thing. I'm not, you know, judging you on what you watch to escape the world's problems and your own problems. But here's the thing. Maybe you shouldn't, if you're not amounting to much financially, like in your hopes, take that $20 a month and save it. Like, do you really need Disney Plus and Hulu, and Netflix at the same time. You know, I canceled Disney Plus. You know what they're doing? They're saying, come back for $1.99. You can see the Star Wars thing. So you know what? Maybe I'll watch it for seven days and then cancel it seven days later. But they know. They know what you're going to do. They know you're going to forget to cancel it seven days later. So then they're going to up you. So these are transfers of wealth. I always knew that once everybody said, oh, it's going to be cheaper having all of these different uh, freedom of choice when it comes to watching habits. But it isn't isn't cheaper. It's more money because now you have cable, you have internet, and now you have all these dumb subscriptions. So look at areas of overspending and then make necessary financial adjustments. I got a lot of flack for my comment on a $25 pizza. Am I wrong on that? On a previous show, I said pizza is now about $25 for a good pizza. How much is a good pizza, Josh? $25 to $30. That's in California. Exactly. Well, that's in California. California. 
But that is also where we live, Jim. Unless you're buying it. What? What's the flat that you got? What do you, I, they said it wasn't 25. They said I was, you know, hoity-toity, and they had $12 pizza. Yeah, plain. Yeah, where are you going for $12 pizza? Yeah. Barney? A, a large pizza is no way. No, a large to pizza is 25 bucks. where yeah. I go. Maybe nineteen ninety nine. Okay, Brooklyn Square, which is really good pizza. We're probably, it's like 20 bucks, 25 bucks. Yeah. Here. yeah. Are you talking by where you live? Southern Ocean is a little different. I mean, like your town is no, 12 bucks. My town, no, right it's, not 12 here. it's not 12 bucks. It's what is more. it? 1999, yeah, 17, 17. Okay. And then you had the toppings. It's 25 oh, 20, bucks. Forget about the toppings. That is gonna it's 25 more. bucks yeah. for pizza. So my point was inflation is, if people don't understand inflation, they don't understand economics, look at a pizza. That's the cost of government overspending. But we're not talking about inflation right now. We're talking about your personal overspending budget. Use a library card. You know what? All the junk that you watch on Netflix, 99% of that, your tax dollars fund with a library card. I have this millionaire client. (laughs) The guy looks homeless. If you met him, you wouldn't think much of him. I think the world of the man. Uh, so if you're listening, I love you. You know who you are. I think the world, but a very simple guy. You know, um, and I'm joking. He doesn't really look homeless. He just looks like a normal guy. Millionaire next door, they call them. Millionaire next door. Millionaire next door is one of the best books to read if you want to ascribe to financial happiness because it, what it teaches you is the millionaire that you think, you think of Donald Trump, you know, you know the tie, the tux, the suit, the hair, the Armani suit, the the Rolex watch. But the real millionaires, they drive a Honda Accord or Honda Civic, and they have a Rolex. They don't have a Rolex, you know, or they have a, it is actually funny what they, when they did the studies on true millionaires, they might have like a Seiko watch, but they don't have the Rolex. Like, the, like they, they, they don't, or a, they don't, um, they might buy quality. So shoes, the, the number one shoe of a millionaire, you know what it was according to the study for a dress shoe? Nobody uses dress shoes now anymore, but I do, but very few. Allen Edmonds. I never did. So that, they're, they're pricey shoes, but they last forever. I still have the Allen Edmonds that I bought like 10 years ago. And they're, you know, if they get all marred, I just get them remade. You know, I get them, take them to the cobbler and they, Fix them up and make them look like brand new because they're so well made. They're not made from that like cheap Bostonian, you know, Macy's. You get the shoe for a hundred hours, then it's done in a year. They can last 10 years. So it's worth spending a little extra money for that. But you got to identify areas of overspending in your own budget and make adjustments. Do you really need, you know, eight coach purses? Do you really need Louis Vuittons? And I, and I know guys that, you know, they're, uh, uh, are we allowed to say this on radio? Shoe whores, uh, maybe bleep me out. You know, <laughs> people, do you really, you know, need super high-end stuff? Like I would, I would get a suit from Brooks Brothers outlet for 199 bucks, 249, the outlet. I need to spend 25. It looks the same. I still look, I still look good. I don't need to go broke. 
I don't need to not pay for my retirement fund. Number two, so number one, reassess your budget. Number two, diversify your investments. Diversification is a cornerstone of start smart investing. And I'm not talking about diversification. Diversification is I need 18 different funds from 18 different fund families, Joshua. I need 500 different stocks from 500 different companies. If What I mean by diversification, good diversification is the diversification, not just of having many assets, but having many asset classes. So how, how does that look in real life? Maybe you have 20% treasuries, US debt, 20% corporate debt, 20% US large cap, 10% US small cap, 10% international, 10% uh, gold, silver, Bitcoin, whatever you might be attracted to. But the idea is you have many different types of things that might act and behave differently. In financial speak, we call that correlation. You don't want things correlated where things go up and down at the same kind of level. Number three, uh, you want to stay updated with tax laws. But first on diversification, you want to spread asset classes, have different asset classes to help you in risk mitigation and you want to consult a financial advisor that ensures your portfolio is aligned with your goals and risk appetite. And stay updated with tax laws. Tax laws frequently change, so staying informed is crucial. Being updated helps in maximizing tax breaks and deductions. And you want to ensure compliance can lead to significant tax savings during tax season. Laying the groundwork of financial stability is a continuous process that demands your attention and informed decisions. By emphasizing these pivotal moves in autumn, you're not only safeguarding your present, but also ensuring a prosperous future. Regularly revisiting and acting on these steps can keep you on the path to financial success. And that is why we offer all of our listeners the free Retirement Reality Check book that's written by me. You could buy that on Amazon or wherever books are, are sold, or you get it free when you call us at 888-988-JOSH. Head over to retirenow.info right now or call me 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-JOSH. Maybe it seems like prices can't get much higher or that the stock market is headed for bear territory. Or maybe you're worried about another great recession. Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback, can help you protect your family's financial future in times like these. Tune in this weekend to the financial quarterback to hear how Josh and his team can help you decrease your tax liability and lower your risk. Call 888-988-5674 to take advantage of Josh's 27-point plan to achieve financial health. And when you call, you'll receive a free copy of Josh's book, Retirement Reality Check. Tune in every weekend to The Financial Quarterback and call 888-988-5674 to receive your free copy of Retirement Reality Check. Struggling to live making 200 grand a year or more, according to San Francisco Reddit. And basically, you see these stories just about every so much. I mean, if you Google making 200K and living paycheck to paycheck, you see numerous articles 
Market Watch, more than one in four workers making 200 grand a year or more now say they live paycheck to paycheck. Hi, everybody. I'm Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback. More than one in four workers making 200K a year or more now say they live paycheck to paycheck. So even rich people are struggling to save. There's so many articles like this. Uh, March 16th, Time Magazine, people making six-figure salaries are living paycheck to paycheck. What the heck is wrong with you people? When I was first starting my wealth journey, and I know what it is, I know the problem, but let's talk more about it. Once coveted six-figure salaries, this is according to Anisha Coley, once coveted six-figure salaries are struggling to keep up with today's cost of living, with more than half of people who are making six figures still living paycheck to paycheck, according to a new study. As rampant inflation pervades the economy, with it sitting, you know, whatever aspect, you know, 5%, 6%, Smart Asset, the financial advice company, acknowledges that even high earners are struggling to build wealth, especially in pricier cities. In December 22, 51% of people earn 100 grand uh, reported living paycheck to paycheck, which is 7% more than the previous year. According to a survey from Financial Insight Advising Company Payments and Lending Club, a study found that the worst places to live for people who earn 100K a year are after taxes and adjusted for cost of living, 100 grand equates to 35 grand a year in New York, 36K in Honolulu. But think about this, if you're in Honolulu, what more do you need? You surf, you live on the beach. You know what you do when you're going to Hawaii? When I go to Hawaii, I go to Costco, Tart, you know, you go, you don't need to go to the high-end places. 36K in San Fran, that would be tough to live in. 44 in Washington, DC, 44 in Long Beach, and Los Angeles. I get it. But number one thing I see is people making 100 to 200 grand a year are just, they are consumed with conspicuous consumption. They don't shop at Ikea. They shop at Restoration Hardware. They don't shop at Walmart. They shop at, I don't know, Aber, what, what do they shop at? I don't know. You know, Nordstrom. West Elm, Nordstrom. Yeah. You know, they got to live restoration artwork, pottery barn. It's it's still the old keeping up with the Joneses. So my tip is live on frugality. If you make 200 grand a year and you ain't saving 40 grand a year, there is something wrong with you. I get it. Rent is high. Taxes are high. But if you're making 200 grand a year, you should be saving 40K a year. Now, after that, I would get you would then feel like you're living paycheck to paycheck. But over 10 years, even at 0% interest, you just save 400 grand. So the point I'm trying to say is do you really need the latest computer? Do you really need the latest iPhone? Oh, I need iPhone 15 for work. Oh, I need my iPad and my laptop and my computer for work. No. So just say no to consumption.
It's called in economics, the propensity to consume. And every so often you see these reports where people are living paycheck to paycheck and just struggling. According to cbsnews.com, six in 10 Americans live paycheck to paycheck. I get that stat more. The 200K stat, I don't get. I, I, I do get it because here's what happens. I'll tell you my own journey of wealth from negative 60 credit credit card debt. I first, first year in the business, I made, I don't know, I made like nothing. And I made 35 grand. So just enough to kind of make ends meet. When, when I started making 70 grand a year two, everybody told me, oh, buy the couch, buy the TV, upgrade your neighborhood. But you know what? I'm a contrarian. So I said, no, I'm not going to live like my parents. So we you know what I did with that 35 grand? I saved 100% of it. And we lived on about two to three K a month. Then when I made 100K, I saved that. So you can do it. You just choose not to. You like going out to eat. You like watching Netflix and Hulu and arts and entertainment TV. <laughs> you know, and you know what? Even I get screwed. You know, I, I went on my credit card a couple months ago and I realized I was still getting charged for Breaking Bad's final season. It wasn't Breaking Bad. It was the other one. Better Call Saul's Better Call Saul. season finale. You had to pay money for it. Do you remember that? Get to pay money to yeah. some, you know what? I was an idiot. One of the streamers? Yeah, AMC Plus, and, right? And AMC Plus. And I just kept it going. You know what? AMC Plus stinks. And I called them and I said, you know what? I didn't use your service. They go, oh, we'll only refund you the last one or two months. You know what? If you're getting foreclosed on in your house, do you really think AMC Plus is going to care? No. They don't care about you. I care about you. That's why you listen to the financial quarterback each week. But it's not like I'm better than you. It's just when I started saving, the number one problem for people is the propensity to consume. We were just talking uh, to Josh, Josh Fisher, our producer, his, uh, his butt's hurting him because he has a new, he's an old chair, an office chair. And I was telling him, hey, you know, I, I got this nice, you know, Herman Miller chair. You know what? It took me 15 years after I was financially successful to splurge on a chair. Actually, the desk that I still use was free. The old Macintosh Inn in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, gave this desk to a charity, America's Keswick in Whiting, New Jersey. Keswick didn't even want this. So I got this wooden desk. You don't even see what's going on with the desk. It, it has no relevance to you. But I love it because it shows you that I'm frugal. Now, I do probably need to upgrade my desk eventually. But you know what? Do the frugal thing and you will get out of this paycheck to paycheck slog. We'll talk about this and more 
But first, I want you to go to retirenow.info. That's retirenow.info. You get four free gifts when you schedule and keep your no-obligation review by going to my office uh, phone line now, 888-988-JOSH. We do have operators standing by at 888-988-5674. Request our free retirement reality check, 45 minutes with you truly, with yours truly, and you'll get the social security claiming strategy. That is customizable. Maximize my social security. Normally, value. I think you go on the website, maximizemysocialsecurity.com. It'll be normally $40. We'll give it to you for free. And you'll get the retirement reality check book for free. That's my Amazon best-selling book. And you get a 45-minute ultimate wealth game plan. I feel like Santa Claus today. I'm giving away so much. So call the phone now, 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-JOSH. The study by Lending Club unveils a concerning financial landscape. With over 60% of Americans living paycheck to paycheck, the issue spans across both low and high income brackets, as we saw with the first articles, with inflation and non-essential spending being contributing factors. See that? Inflation and non-essential spending. However, the majority have their income consumed by basic necessities. That's what they say for these surveys. It's never truly the necessities. Leaving little for savings. The typical U.S. worker earning a median pay of $47.66 per month before taxes faces a tight budget after covering essential expenses, reflecting the adverse effects of rising living costs on consumers' ability to save money. Prevalence across income groups. Nearly 8 in 10 individuals, according to CBS News, earning below fifty grand, annually struggle to cover future bills before their next paycheck arrives. That makes sense to me. What doesn't make sense is the 200K people. Four in 10 high-income Americans, those earning above 100K, also live paycheck to paycheck, showcasing the widespread nature of the issue. The percentage of Americans living paycheck to paycheck has seen a two percentage point increase from the previous year, indicating a worsening situation. You know what I, I think the problem is? I think the problem goes back to the old TV show Saved by the Bell. When Zach Morris was dating, so Zach Morris was the studly blonde teenage hunk with uh, A.C. Slater. And what did he do? He took out Kelly Kapowski, the pretty cheerleader. He borrowed his, you know, somebody's nice car. He used money he didn't have. It was Hollywood money to take her on a nice date. So ingrained in human psyche, I think it stems from courtship. And I also think it stems from media and Hollywood interferences. You're programmed. I remember I was broke uh, when I was 20, when I took my wife out on her first date. But for some reason, I remember we went out to Pad Thai. And I had to spend a lot of money. I don't know how I got the money, but instead of saving the money, I took her out on a nice date. She goes, you don't have to do this. I know you're broke. <laughs> and that was love at first sight. So we stopped doing it. We, we then did the frugal thing. We went to Boston Market. We got a rotisserie chicken. We cut it in half. It was the best five bucks she ever spent. That was a nice date. Got some cornbread, some, bro some broccoli. It's like a $10 date. And I was hooked after that with my wife. 
But the idea is we we wonder why marriages end in divorce, leading cause of divorces, financial problems. It's because the whole modern courtship ritual of dating is to impress. Go out for a nice night on the town with some drinks. You know what, Alex, if you're seeking to, uh, you know, get a spouse someday or partner, the whole idea is you want to find the cheapest girl you can. And then you will be financially successful. Because this would be a great Netflix show. Because if your <laughs> significant other wants to piss your money away, you will never amount to anything. And I've had women who come to me come crying. They say, we're making money. And you know what we find? We find, oh, the, the, the husband has a gambling addiction. Oh, the husband likes to buy lottery tickets every day. Oh, the husband. Oh, no, he was buying hookers. You know, all the, not that that's not a recurring thing that I see a lot. But I've have heard of marriages and that way people that you wouldn't think. And then it all starts with the spouse wondering what's going on with the money. So here's the key to a success. Okay, financial, your life is more than finances, right? It's spiritual. It's holistic. It's your health. It's your business acumen. It's your family relationships, your, your health, your wealth, all of those things go into play. But if your finances suck, it's tough. So frugality is a, a lost virtue. And it's a lost virtue among the courtship ritual. So what does this have to do with Americans living paycheck to paycheck? I think it starts when they're dating. And then you're you're used to something. Oh, I want to go on a trip here, a trip here. Dude, you're broke. Save your money. And then you go on the trips. Inflation, I remember I had people, I my in-laws, they were like, why do you have our daughter? I mean, I got some flack in my family for living um, where I lived when we first bought our house. I, I thought it was a, Nice house. I was 21, 22, could buy a house. We bought it for 92000 in 2005 because that was all I could afford. And I didn't want to be a slave to my mortgage. Wasn't in the best neighborhood, but it was like a blue collar neighborhood. I didn't think it was that bad. My in-laws, the minute they heard I was starting to say, oh, you know, you should move up. And I'm so glad we didn't move up when other people said, because then we would have bought a house right before the 08 crash in 07. We and we wouldn't have had our dream house that we then ended up getting in 2010 because we were patient. And patience is a lost virtue. Frugality and patience is the way to financial success. Do you really need iPhone 15? It's coming out. You know what? iPhone 6 works just fine. You know, some of them are bad, whatever. You know, do, does, do you really need, you know, Verizon? Go to an MVNO. You know what an MVNO is? You can actually search for MVNO wireless carriers. Just Google it. And you can actually see, you can pay like 10, 15 bucks a month for a cellular phone. You don't need to spend $100 a month. So inflation is a significant factor contributing to the financial strain by money. 
Some individuals attribute living paycheck to paycheck on non-essential spending uh, like travel, dining out, and streaming services. There you go. Netflix doesn't care about you. They're making you poorer. Consumption of basic necessities. The majority of those living paycheck to paycheck are not indulging in non-essential spending. I was around the other day and I saw a 10-year-old with a phone. Does your 10-year-old really need a phone? Oh, but what about, you know, what if Johnny uh, encounters stranger danger? Well, there's like these $20 track phones, if that's really what you're worried about. Basic necessities such as rent, food, transportation, and healthcare consume a significant portion of individuals' income, leaving little for savings. Or gym membership. Do you really need a gym membership? Maybe you really like going to the gym, but you know what? My wife's one of the fittest people I ever know. She doesn't go to a gym. She does two, three-day workouts at home using body weight and stuff like that. She's like build Herschel Walker exercises, <laughs> you know. But, you know, you don't need to spend all this money on certain things. And healthcare consume a significant portion of individuals' income, leaving little for savings. The median pay is $47.66 per month for taxes. After covering essential expenses, there's a minimal amount left for savings, highlighting the challenge in accumulating savings amidst rising living costs. The findings from Lending Club study underscore a concerning financial reality for many Americans, irrespective of their income level, cost of living is rising, exacerbated, exacerbated by inflation. It is eroding an individual's ability to save, pushing a significant portion of the population into a paycheck-to-paycheck paycheck existence. This scenario calls for a deeper examination of issues and potential solutions to alleviate the strain on individuals and families across the spectrum. If you want to build a retirement income stream for your family, call us now, 888-988-JOSH. 888-988-JOSH. Head over to retirenow.info and get four free gifts when you schedule and keep your no-obligation review by calling us at 888-988-JOSH. 888-988-JOSH. Every Saturday and Sunday at 9 right here on News Talk Radio 710-WOR. The preceding program was sponsored by the Jelensky Advisory Group. Any awards, rankings, or recognition by unaffiliated third parties or publications, including Five Star Wealth Manager, Advisory of the Year finalist by Senior Market Advisor, and Top of the Million Dollar Roundtable, are in no way indicative of the advisor's future performance or any individual client's investment success. No award, ranking, or recognition should be construed as a current or past endorsement of Josh Jelinski or Wealth Quarterback LLC. Information regarding specific awards, rankings, or recognitions is available on the Wealth Quarterback website at Jelinski.org. All investments. Strategies have the potential for profit or loss. Investment strategies such as asset allocation, diversification, or rebalancing do not assure or guarantee better performance and cannot eliminate the risk of investment losses. There are no guarantees that a portfolio employing these or any other strategy will outperform a portfolio that does not engage in such strategies. This broadcast should not be construed by any client or prospective client as a solicitation to affect or attempt to affect transactions and securities or the rendering of personalized investment advice. Due to various factors, including including changing market conditions, the information discussed in this broadcast may no longer be reflective of current positions or recommendations. While information presented is believed to be factual and up-to-date, Josh Jelinski and Wealth Quarterback do not guarantee its accuracy, and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. The tax and estate planning information discussed is general in nature. It's provided for informational purposes.
purposes only and should not be construed as legal or tax advice. Listeners should consult an attorney or tax professional regarding their specific legal or tax situation. Investment advisory services offered through Wealth Quarterback, LLC. 